Thought Leadership Studio. You're listening to Thought Leadership Studio, the podcast that helps you master high-level positive mass influence to create distinctive business niches, captivate an audience, grow your following, and change the game by changing the frame with strategic thought leadership. Thought Leadership Studio. Welcome back to Thought Leadership Studio. I'm your host, Chris McNeil. I'm a strategic thought leadership coach and consultant. And this is episode 46, How to See the Invisible Structure of Thought Leadership. Levels of storytelling beyond the basic structures, accelerated learning, high-level influence, and the power of myth. What this episode will do for you is it will empower your marketing, PR, leadership, or influence with key skills of strategic thought leadership that can help you gain attention, build the following, and enrapture the audience with compelling storytelling that makes a difference. Illuminate the advantages of seeing the hidden structure behind effective influence. Inspire you with personal and metaphorical examples of finding and using these hidden structures. Reveal how hidden structures of influence are layered and how going into deeper new levels can unfurl new advantages. And I teach this on both a conscious and unconscious level with the power of storytelling, myth, and metaphor. Now, before we dive more deeply, just a reminder about what this podcast is for. Thought Leadership Studio is a workshop in strategic positive influence. So you can consider this podcast an ongoing workshop to help you attain even more peak performance in your thought leadership. Think of the episodes as your library for self-training as a high-performing thought leader. So it's condensed learning. So keep in mind that with some of these topics, I spent years honing my approach with model building, testing, learning, and incorporating principles from breakthrough examples, as well as various other ways of innovating and optimizing. And my intention is to bring this learning down to a condensed form for your optimum empowerment. So I strongly recommend repeated listening, as well as keeping in mind that multiple level learning can happen at least to some extent outside of conscious awareness. Having an impact on beliefs is actually a higher level of influence with accompanying higher positive impact than the typical conscious mind learning, like remembering a list of the right things to do. And through my training in things like design human engineering and neuro-linguistic programming, systems thinking, game theory, I'm using techniques like multiple level learning, embedded metaphorical loops, accelerated learning, both to give you an accelerated training process on this never-ending continuum of being better at strategic positive influence, and also to act as a model to follow in how I convey the skills to assist you consciously and unconsciously in putting these to work in your own communication. And before I dive into 
this further, I want to remind you that if you're listening on an app, check out the link in the episode description, and that will take you to the episode page on thoughtleadershipstudio.com, which has extra resources, a different perspective, that which fits better on a web page than on an audible podcast episode to fill out your learning in this area, as well as links to some free offers like the Marketer's Guide to Strategic Thought Leadership, which will help you utilize the building blocks of strategic thought leadership in your own persuasion of marketing or leadership. And also a link to get a free 30-minute brainstorming or discovery session with me in which we can address your thought leadership specifically. Metaphorical X-ray glasses. Welcome to another thought-provoking episode of Thought Leadership Studio, where we delve deep into the invisible structure behind thought leadership, leadership, content marketing, and PR. I'm your host, Chris McNeil. I'm a strategic thought leadership marketing coach and consultant, and I'm here now to help you see the invisible. Strategic thought leadership has a lot to do with seeing the invisible. It's like in any audience, in any business goal, in any business model, there's not just an invisible structure. There's multiple levels of invisible structures that people need to develop the eyes to see. And isn't it curious how we humans are fascinated by seeing what was invisible? It was the unmet promise of the x-ray vision glasses I saw in ads in the comic books I read when I was a kid. Greatest delusion of the century. Apparently, see bones through skin, see through clothes, etc., Amaze and embarrass everyone. Regular sized glasses with built-in optical device. And it was only a dollar a pair. This episode is for those who communicate to positively persuade others. A listener might be a marketer, a PR professional, or an entrepreneur considering the strategy for a PR or marketing campaign. Or maybe you're a social entrepreneur wondering how to orchestrate support for making positive social change. Maybe you're a professional or solopreneur crafting social media posts and maybe feeling a little uncertain about whether these posts resonate uh, with an audience. And even if it gets their attention, maybe the glitter doesn't translate to gold because the people aren't moved to action. Maybe you want to see a path from feeling tentative about a campaign, about a message, or a marketing or PR direction, to feeling confident that it will both capture people's attention and engage them on a deep enough level to positively impact their thinking. It's like going from wallowing in a sea of similar messages where people feel inundated with parrot content, to standing out with confidence and leading people to new thinking that is well-packaged, captivating, and serves them on a higher level by helping them get more value out of what you sell or maybe more satisfaction out of creating deeper participation in a movement that's meaningful to you. So let's talk about something called the Reticular Activating System, or the RAS. 
something called the reticular activating system that acts as a filter for conscious attention. The RAS is a complex network of nerve pathways located in the brainstem that filters attention, according to some estimates, letting through only one or two percent of available potential perceptions. This reticular activating system acts like a selective gatekeeper. It prioritizes information based on our beliefs, our values, our interests, and our goals. It helps us focus on what we consider relevant and important, and it disregards or filters out most of what doesn't fit our preconceived models of the world. So it's a process of distortion, deletion, and generalization. It cuts information out. It distorts information. It generalizes information. But this filtering process, is, it's essential for managing the overwhelming amount of sensory input we encounter daily and maintaining a stable mindset. But we're only receiving a really small percentage of the world around us. And if we consider that things on a quantum level exist on a level of vibration, we're only getting a very narrow range of frequencies. Think about bats and dogs who can hear frequencies above that which humans can hear. Consider a polar bear who can smell a seal through three feet of ice. Something I learned recently from watching an episode of Joe Rogan's podcast. But there are vast worlds outside of our perceptions. So we have this filtering function. It filters out most of what's going on around us. What happens with the rest is we're subconsciously recording it. Maybe so we can subconsciously access it from our intuitive functions. Consider how hypnosis has helped crime victims recover things like license plate numbers while subjects in a trance. But for the purpose of this podcast, all I want you to consider is the incredible range of possible new perceptions we can have, possible new connections we can make and lead our audiences to if our filters were more open to access more. And this might be a good point to mention the benefit of the listener to continually switch between any ideas that emerge from this as you listen and your current challenges, your current situations, your current projects, like having a dual monitor desktop setup where you can use your mouse to drag things from one monitor to another while you ask, how does this apply in my life? How does this apply in my communication? How can I apply this in my marketing, in my project?
we suspend our habitual thinking patterns long enough to consider new patterns of thinking for ourselves and for our audiences, maybe it can help them get more value out of whatever it is we're offering, whether that's a product or a service or point of view of a philosophy or a social movement's higher purpose. You can consider it like switching the frequency of a radio dial connected to that reticular activating system, like switching channels, like looking at things in a new frame. It can be like using the what if frame. What if anything was possible and you're the master controller, the programmer designing the virtual reality video game of life? How would you make things different? Then there's the frame of switching perceptual positions, the point of view from which you observe things, which is an extremely useful frame in business. There is huge value in taking the customer viewpoint frame from which to design our businesses, which flows from the empowering belief system that it's the customer who determines the value of a service. And when you expand that out to consider all the media we create as a service to customers who pay with attention ahead of paying with money and realize that to maximize the value, whether that's getting more attention or making more sales or getting more attention in order to make more sales, it flows from the frame of maximizing the value from the customer's point of view. That customer viewpoint frame is a frame that's been used extremely effectively by my friend John Seddon's Vanguard method, which I'm linking to in the post that accompanies this podcast, by the way. So if you're listening on an app, make sure you click on the link in the episode description. It'll take you to these resource links and other stuff. And, and with it, though, John Seddon and the Vanguard Group create breakthroughs in service businesses. They simultaneously increase profits and reduce costs by tremendous amounts in a short time. Then there's a metaphor, especially through telling well-structured metaphorical stories, is an extremely powerful way to work around the limited set of what the reticular activating system typically lets in. Metaphorical stories structured with archetype patterns like the hero's journey have an impact on unconscious thinking as well as conscious thinking. They deeply engage the conscious mind with the front story of the particulars of the characters in the setting while also activating powerful archetypes on an unconscious level through a backstory structure that evokes that which is often hard to put into words, hence the power of myth. Myth is not designed to be true in the sense of what we can see, hear, touch, taste, and smell right in front of us. It's designed to convey higher truths beyond conscious thought with metaphors and analogies. Mythological figures from this point of view might be taking a power of nature, something that's really hard to wrap the human mind around, and anthropomorphizing it by imagining this power of nature wrapped in the guise of a human-like figure that you can relate to and communicate with in your imagination. 
And some can use this type of logical association to expand their belief systems to do things they previously didn't believe they could do. It's like a technique of psychodrama. Thought Leadership Studio. really what we're trying to do with strategic thought leadership is expand people's belief systems to get more out of whatever we're leading them to and have a more immersive experience of values that are important to them. And that's the kind of paths that are revealed in the first level of the unveiling, the unveiling of the bridge from the baseline thinking of an audience it might be self-limiting because they don't have your expertise. To the new thinking, the thought leadership position that not only shares expertise, like increasing a skill set and knowledge, but also expands their mental models, their belief systems, their model of the world, and even connects an audience's higher values, what's really important to them, that were not previously associated with what you're leading them to. This is high-level influence. This is accelerated learning. So I'm going to share with you a story about unveiling levels of hidden structures, in this case in music. I experienced two main levels of discovering and using hidden structures in music that opened up worlds for me. I played guitar off and on as a hobby since I was a teenager, but I never got any lessons or musical training up to a point. I played with others, got a few books, learned some scales, and considered myself a hobbyist guitarist. But I wanted more. And then I met a guitarist who'd gone to the Berklee School of Music and was a trained classical and jazz guitarist, and he told me I could do a lot more if I learned music theory. But I was resistant. I had this belief system that once you start getting in theory, you're not playing with feel anymore. And I like playing with feel and communicating emotion through music, so I had a block that made me resistant, but he needed my fitness company's help rehabilitating damaged muscles from over-practicing guitar, and he wanted to trade some lessons, so I eventually gave in and learned what's called the modes of the major scale which actually have some mythological structures themselves. I learned the basics of time signatures, odd rhythms and so forth, and eventually advanced scales and chord progressions. And surprisingly to me, it didn't take it all from the, away from the feeling of the music, and instead it opened new worlds to me. So this was the first level of the unveiling of hidden structures behind music, and compared to what it was before, it was like a superpower. I had more confidence in knowing if I was going to write a song, what chords fit together in progression. If I was learning a song, what the most likely next chord to follow a chord was, or what notes felt good playing a solo with. So I got much better. And I was able to play with a higher level of players. But it wasn't until the next level of unveiling that was more unconventional 
that I felt the true hidden structures of music were revealed. I read a series of books, and I've talked about this in other podcasts, so sorry if this is repetitious, but I read a series of books called Strategies of Genius by a guy named Robert Diltz, in which he used NLP methods to decode the thinking structures behind the great geniuses of history. People like Einstein, Da Vinci, Walt Disney, Aristotle. And the idea was, you know, some people may think great geniuses are born, which is true. We're all born. But nobody jumps from the cradle with genius level skills and genius level creativity. We learn that over time. So geniuses are born and made. Mozart was one of the people he studied, and he conveyed how Mozart was able to compose entire symphonies and retain them in his memory before writing the first note using an interesting series of synesthesias, which means translating one sense into another. Mozart didn't just hear the music, he didn't just even feel the music, he tasted it like a meal. He saw an entire musical piece all at once, like a sculpture. And he had a sequence of composing that passed the process from the conscious mind, you know, thinking about what you're doing, to the unconscious mind, letting things come to you. And from one sensory system to another, as a musical piece built up gradually, from a few melodic ideas to an entire symphony. So I practice these mental skills, doing weird things, like paying attention to the sounds around me and imagining there were different kinds of food and thinking, what would it taste like? What instrument corresponds to potatoes? Because Mozart would arrange different instruments together to create a tasteful meal. And after a while of this, despite never having written a note of original music in my life, songs started pouring out of me. Now, of course, Mozart also had a very quirky personality, which you'd know if you'd seen the movie Amadeus. The movies bring up another point. When we're watching a movie, we see within the frame that the writer and director intended. But if we opened up the frame, Monty Python style, we'd see the actors preparing with scripts, the director orchestrating events, set directors who create the illusion of a scene. So imagine the set building and screenplay writing behind the scenes as a hidden structure. Uh, For example, a movie about a frog named Aiden. In a realm of enchanting valleys and ancient forests, a group of curious adventure frogs, including the frog named Aiden, grew up captivated by the tales of a mystical bronze statue of a scorpion that held within it the power to unveil the secrets of an invisible bridge. Legends whispered of this ethereal bridge concealed deep within the enigmatic valley of mist, connecting their world to another realm abundant with a magical well. This enchanted well bestowed upon those who dared to cross the invisible bridge and drink of its waters the gifts of regained health, longevity, and a life abundant with joy and prosperity. 
So Aiden and his froggy friends had heard of the mysterious bronze scorpion from the elders of their frog village, but they doubted its existence. The stories seemed like mere fantasies, distant dreams that only belonged to the realm of legends. Yet, something deep within their frog hearts longed to believe in the possibility of such wonders. One day as the frogs in the village went about their ordinary lives, a herald frog appeared, carrying with him a radiant aura of enchantment. The herald frog spoke of the hidden structures behind thought leadership and the magic that could be found in the unseen realms of the Valley of Mist. He spoke of the power of captivating narratives and the transformation they could bring to a frog's life. The words of this herald frog stirred something within Aiden and his adventurous froggy mates, awakening a dormant yearning for knowledge and adventure. It was as if a veil had been lifted from their frog eyes, allowing them to see beyond the ordinary and glimpse the extraordinary. Determined to seek the truth behind the mystical scorpion and the invisible bridge, Aiden and his friends embarked on their own heroic journey. Guided by the memory of their parents' courage and the whispers of the scorpion's mystical powers. In their quest, they found an unexpected ally in Eldara, a wise and mystical frog who had watched over them since they were tadpoles. Eldara sensed the purity in their frog hearts and chose to guide them in the ways of wisdom and compassion, knowing that the power of the scorpion could only be harnessed for the greater good. Together, the adventurous team of frogs ventured through treacherous forests, scaled towering lily pads, the, mid, the mist growing denser with every leap. But their determination and Aldara's guidance proved unyielding and they pressed on through the enigmatic haze. In their journey, they encountered numerous trials and faced morphic monsters that guarded the invisible bridge. These monsters had stolen the X-ray vision goggles, the key to making the bridge visible from the frog village long ago. And without these goggles, the bridge remained elusive, hidden in the mist from view. But through courage and teamwork, Aiden and his frog friends managed to outwit the morphic monsters and recover the long lost X-ray vision goggles. As they donned the goggles, the invisible bridge materialized before their astonished eyes, a shimmering pathway connecting their world to the realm of wonders. Filled with newfound excitement, they crossed the now visible bridge, feeling an electrifying connection to the other realm, a realm of healing and abundance, where the scorpion's oracle could reveal the secrets of captivating storytelling. Yet to their astonishment, the bronze scorpion spoke to them, revealing that the true power of the invisible bridge lay not merely in the magical well it guided them to, but in the wisdom and insight gained from the journey itself. The bridge symbolized an inner transformation, a bridge that led not only to physical healing, but to a profound understanding of the hidden structures behind strategic thought leadership to lead people 
to elevated states of consciousness. You have to create those within yourself and go there first. Filled with joy and determination, Aiden and his froggy friends returned to their village. Not to hoard the scorpion's secrets for themselves, but to share the transformative power of their journey with their fellow frogs. They inspired others to embark on heroic quests of their own, encouraging them to seek not only the magic of the scorpion, but the enchantment of self-discovery and the invisible bridge within. The froggy village became a beacon of hope and growth as generations of adventurous frogs crossed the invisible bridge, not just to acquire the scorpion's powers, but to unlock the profound depths of their own froggy hearts and minds. Aiden, now a wise mentor and guardian of the bridge, would guide others on their journeys, ensuring that the secret of the invisible bridge remained a testament to the transformative power of thought leadership and the timeless allure of captivating narratives. The Invisible Bridge. The story of Aiden the Frog illustrates a basic first level consciously, of hidden structure behind strategic thought leadership, a bridge from old thinking to new thinking. The appeal of the island the bridge leads to is made of the higher values of your audience. The support structures of the bridge are built of compelling talking points that undermine the old thinking and support the new thinking that leads to elevated states. That's the most basic level. Where are you leading people from? That might be framed as what problem do you solve? A lot of people frame it that way. But people might not yet perceive a problem until you contrast their current state with what they could achieve and what it means to them with the new thinking of your thought leadership position. Questions that start to reveal this structure are ones that illuminate hidden assumptions. Like when an investor looks at a business plan with rosy projections and asks, what has to be true for this to happen? If it's too much of a stretch, then that assumption might prove an impediment to funding, unless the entrepreneur who's seeking the funding understands the dynamics of strategic thought leadership and is accounted for that with a clear path to building an audience around the new thinking that benefits them. One path from an assumption to a new assumption. Expanding worlds. And there are deeper and deeper levels of thought leadership structure. Way too much to get into this podcast. But in the episode page on thoughtleadershipstudio.com, so if you're listening on an app, you can get there from the link in the episode description there will be links to resources for further study, like the thought process of strategic thought leadership, the building blocks of a thought leadership model, the marketer's guide to strategic thought leadership, which is a free download, and a free 30-minute thought leadership discovery meeting. So if you find this kind of thing compelling, if you're interested in finding untapped potential within your own communication to elevate not only your business and your life, but those that you lead. I would love to talk to you about working together. 
and 30 minutes to brainstorm together just to troubleshoot possibilities. Brainstorm possibilities. No charge. Links at the bottom of the episode page. I'm Chris McNeil. I'm your host of Thought Leadership Studio. I'm a strategic thought leadership marketing coach and consultant. It's been great having you here and look forward to seeing you next week. Thought Leadership Studio.